We gotta think of something creative to start the video. Um, why don't we wear like matching blue shirts? Oh. Oh. Oh, oh perfect. We're, we're already doing it. That's awesome. Great. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to our Echo Online service. We are continuing our summer playlist series and hearing from none other than the leadership expert, author and pastor, John C. Maxwell. I have read a couple of his books. And by read, I mean I've skimmed. Sorry, I don't read a full book. Mm. Side note. Quick tip, you're gonna wanna take some notes. It's awesome. So good. Teens, if you are tuning in and call Echo your home, or maybe you are in the outskirts of Rochester joining us online, camp's coming up August 2nd through the 6th. It's an awesome time for you to come with your friends um, and get to know people as well in an awesome community. Why don't you um, comment now on online, or you can message us at hello at weareatechoechurch and we can have someone reach out to you to get you uh, signed up for camp. Again, August 2nd through the 6th. It's the best week of your life. That's awesome. Isaiah, can you believe that uh, August is coming up just around the corner? It's crazy. We are loving our summer. We're, there's still some more left, but we're looking toward the end of summer now. And you know what that means? Baptism. Yes. So we have some legit baptisms here at Echo in the river and all. If you're interested in being baptized, we'll have info sessions coming up, but start thinking, praying about it if you're interested. Absolutely. And last but not least, if you call Echo Home, you know we love the concept of radical generosity. We want to be a people who live generously. We want to be a generous church. When we live with open hands, we are in a place to, yes, give, but yes, in a place to receive what God has for you. If you are looking to give to Echo today, you can head to our website, text any amount to 84321, or... You may fill out the envelope mm-hmm. you haven't sent it to us. I guess we're going to go old school with that. Yeah, do the envelope thing. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Enjoy the service today. Bye.
Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. How many people in here can say that God has stepped into their Egypt and pulled them out of something? I know he's done it for me. This week I was meditating on a couple verses. And it says, They that cry out to the Lord in their trouble, he will deliver them from their distress. So this morning, if you're going through something, just cry out to God. He's good. The Bible also says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. So this next song we'll sing, we're gonna just we're just gonna sing about God's goodness, all right?
this morning, we just praise you. We love you. You are so good. You are so perfect in all of your ways, Jesus. And Father, we just acknowledge that you have been so faithful and so good to us. We just love you, God. And Lord, I just pray that anybody in this room this morning that hasn't felt your goodness, or that anything might be, that might be in the way would be removed so that they could experience the love and peace and mercy of God this morning. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Today. <laughs> what are we doing today? Picking up trash. So we are stacking about 150 boxes of Jesus chicken. Uh, and it's going to bless the people, maybe even including me. We serve in the city. We serve in the city. The city will be served. Oh, cleaning. And we're going to help out some folks. We're going to clean up this city. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Loving on our friends that are experiencing homelessness and helping them move on down Echo the road. Church is following the call of God to help serve our community, and it is a beautiful thing to witness. So we are so, so incredibly thankful for y'all. We're loving the city! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not picking up the poop. the Chick-fil-A. That's good, thank you. Good. Hi, my name is Katie Schweitzer and I go to landing and we are thankful for everybody to help us and to get us through the rough times. Hey, Nick. Beautiful day serving our community. There we are. We love it. We're blessed to give than to receive unless it's Chick-fil-A and then it's kind of 50-50. Today we have a special opportunity to join what I call the larger church at, lar at large, okay? Uh, and we're, I don't know if you know this, but we're a part of a church organization called ARC. And all across the ARC network, uh, we get to press play on a message that, that really is, is at the center of all these collective churches. And that we want to, and really when you go from one ARC church to another, the heartbeat behind 
uh, a lot of those churches, if not all of them, is we want to be, be a church that is making a difference in the city. We want to be a church that if, if we were to leave or something were to dissipate, that the church would know or that the city would notice that we were gone. And so today uh, we're, we're, we're kind of pressing pause on playlist in the normal sense, but yet we're pressing play into a message uh, from, from one of our favorite leaders uh, in the Christian world from John Maxwell. And he's got so much to add, and I believe you're going to really be blessed out of the message. And so, again, just want to let you know, uh, you're gonna, you're, uh, we're just join, joining uh, and really the, the church around the world here uh, and trying to get this message of, of serve uh, and serving our community and serving the people around us uh, inside of our hearts. And so, anyway, I'm excited to introduce this message, and I hope you enjoy it as we have as I leaned in and watched this thing, man, this is such a pertinent message for us today. So y'all cool with that? Uh, and so today, enjoy it, and uh, let's lean in, and I'll follow up with you afterwards. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. You may be seated. I was 17 years of age when I really, um, when I really found God. A couple days after uh, receiving Christ in my life, I was getting ready to go to school and uh, I was reading a passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The words just spoke to my heart so beautifully that day and, and confirmed that my life had been changed. It's the passage that says, if any person is in Christ, he or she becomes a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. And I had the witness of the Spirit that day that, that I was transformed. And when I went to school, I felt that I was like a transformed Carrier. I was, a, I was a carrier of transformation. I had, my life was changed, and now I was going to go around as a transformed person. I was with my schoolmates and, and, and with my ball team and, and with, with my family and my friends. I was carrying a transformed life within me. It didn't take long in the process of my spiritual growth to, to go to another stage from just knowing that I was transformed personally and I was carrying the good news message around with me, that I was also to, to be a transformation caster. That, that what I had experienced, I wanted to help others experience. In other words, my life was changed to help other people's lives be changed. That I wasn't the the end of the story, that I was a part of the story, that it didn't end with me, that it continued with me, and it was, it was me knowing that, that I was changed that gave me the belief that others could be changed, and it gave me the passion to help them in their life be changed. And as a very young person, a teenager, I wanted to change my world. Little did I know that what I was sensing within me was something that Jesus taught all about. It wasn't long before I 
was in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, when I realized that it was Jesus that gave all of us a change your world message. Let's, let's just see what he says here. Let me tell you why you're here. Now, I have people all the time ask me, John, what do you think God's plans for me are? Right? What do you think God's purpose in my life is? Well, if you're wondering what it is, I'm going to tell you what it is because Jesus said it. This is, this is Jesus' change your world message. He said, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. And if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Now he underlines this again. Here's another way to put it. In other words, he said, you're here to be salt. That's, that's your purpose, make things better. But he said, let me, let me put it another way. In case you don't understand salt, he said, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a, a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. And if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. And by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. When I read that passage of Scripture, I began to understand that Jesus had a plan for me, and he has a plan for you. He has a plan for you all in the congregation today. And his plan is for you to change your world. Not change the world. That's a little big. It's a little overwhelming. Oh, my, change the world. Oh, my, how, where do I start? But you see, Mother Teresa understood this. When they asked her one time, how do you feed the world? Mother Teresa said, will you start with one? In other words, don't go mass, go small. In fact, all mass movements don't begin with the masses anyway. They begin with a few people who want to make a difference. And that's what Jesus does. He calls us to be what I would call positive change agents. In other words, what do leaders do? Leaders lead people through positive change. Leaders make things better for others. And that's what he wants in your life. And that's always challenging because we get set in our ways. I mean, think about it. We, we get in our comfort zone. In fact, let's just, let's, I want you just to do this with me for a moment. Uh, just cross your arms, okay? Everyone, I mean, just, I know you're taking great notes and I made you stop for a moment, but don't worry, we'll get back to those notes in a second. Now, when you crossed your arms a moment ago with me, we've done this thousands of times, thousands of times. And you know, it's, what's interesting is when, when, we, when we cross our arms, we always do it the same way. You see, there are, there's two ways to cross your arms, but we never do it the other way. We always cross our arms like this, and it's very comfortable. Uh, in fact, okay, I, you're all, some of you are already doing it. Uh, go ahead, cross it the other way. <laughs> so it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Hey, we got to get back to the right way. I mean, there's a right way to do that, okay? Oh, clasp your hands with me. Just clasp your hands for a moment. Okay, repeat after me. Our Father. No. 
Okay, now that you have your hands clasped, are, are you with me? Well, you've done this thousands of times, so have I, and we always do it the same way. I mean, there's another way to clasp your hands, but we never do it the other way. I mean, okay, okay, move those fingers over one. Oh. We're not even sure God can answer our prayer if we do it this way. It's, it's kind of like, oh, I'm not even, whoa, let's get back, let's get back to, here's how God answers the prayer. Now, the, the challenge that we have in changing the world that we live in is that we have to be such um, a positive influence on people's lives that we attract them to want to have a change in their lives. And that's why Jesus talks and says, I want you to know you're salt. And by the way, he assumed that we were salt in the teaching. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light. He didn't even say you're to be the salt. He didn't even say, well, you're to be the light. You know, he just said, you're the salt. You're the light. You make things better. You make things brighter. So we ask ourselves the question, when do we change? When do we experience this transformation? Now, there are four times in your life and my life when we change. There are four times, and, and leaders always understand, and they look for what I call the tides of change, when, when people are more receptive for that change. But, but let me just give them to you, because it'll be foundational for the rest of my teaching today. You see, we change, first of all, we, we change when we hurt enough that we have to. I mean, every one of us have made changes in our life, not because we wanted to, but we were in the corner and we yelled uncle. Isn't that true? Oh, okay. All right, fine. I give up. I surrender. So sometimes we change because we have to. There are times that we make changes in our life because we see something that inspires us to change. In other words, we see someone that is such an inspiration to our lives that we say, wow, I, I would kind of like to live like that. You see, as we talk about changing your world and we talk about serve day and we talk about doing things that can make a difference, one of the things that we do on serve day is we, we inspire others because we do things for others in such a way that it calls out of, of people's innermost being a desire to kind of maybe make a difference because they saw someone make a difference. So we change when we heard enough that we have to, when we see enough that we're inspired to. We change also when we learn enough. When we learn enough that we want to change. One of the things I love about Change Your World, and not only the book I wrote, but the experience we've had in helping people change their world over the last 10 years in many countries is the fact that when they sit around a, a small table and they begin to share values, they begin to learn values and they begin to experience and live out those values. And what we found is something that's beautiful, that, that when people learn good values and they live good values, they become more valuable. They become more valuable to themselves. They become more valuable to their family. They begin to change their world. So people change. When they hurt enough, they have to. They see enough, they're inspired to. They, they, they learn enough that they, they want to. And, and, and they change when they receive enough that they're able to. Wow. That's when people change. And this message, Change Your World, is all about how to do it. Because I know 
as a young Christ follower, I knew I wanted to make a difference, but to be honest with you, I didn't know how to make a difference. I just knew I wanted to make a difference. And I was wanting somebody to walk into my life and say, John, this is how you can change your world. This is how you can make a difference. And what I'm so excited about this teaching today is that you can go online and we have tools for you such as serveday.com or changeyourworld.com and you can go to these sources and you can immediately find out how to change your world. Now in 1995, after 25 years of being a pastor, because I was writing books, my publisher shared with me that, that my books were being read by the business people and secular people. Now, this surprised me. I didn't intend that to be. I, I was honestly writing books on leadership to help pastors learn how to lead because we weren't taught how to lead. I mean, I have three degrees. I never had a leadership course at all. And, and, and I thought, you know, I'll, I'll try to help them. And so, so I was doing leadership principles, trying to help Christians learn how to lead, pastors learn how to lead. And the secular business community started picking it up and, and reading the books. And when my publisher said, John, Two-thirds of your books, they're, they're being read by the secular people. Immediately, I felt called to cross over. And I felt the call to cross over to a world that didn't know Christ. And I began to ask myself immediately, if I'm going to cross over, how can I be salt and light in that world? And what I'm going to give you, I'm so excited. I'm, okay, I'm so excited about what I'm going to give you right now, okay? And the reason I'm so excited about what I'm going to give you is because Every one of you can do what I'm going to share. And not only can you, every one of you do what I'm going to share, it will work. I, I, haven't you, how many of you have ever done something that didn't work? You know what I'm saying? You, you, the good news is you got active. The, the bad news is you didn't get good. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and what really excites me is what I'm going to share with you, this is in theory. This is stuff that we have experienced in our own lives and experienced in the lives of others over the last 10 years in helping people have transformation in their life and the life of others. And so before I give you these four things, I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say, uh, these four things will help you. Go ahead. Go ahead and tell them. These four things will help. And by the way, look at the person that you just said, these four things will help you. Look back at him and say, why do you think I brought you here today? <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm, I'm loving this. If you want to be salt and light, and you're asking yourself, how can I be, how can I be salt and light in, in, in my world? Four things. Number one, value people. And by, beside the, the two words, value people, put one more word, connecting. It's in valuing people that you connect with people. This is the connecting link. So as we change our world, as we, as we serve, as we add value to others, it all begins with valuing people. And, and by the way, if you want to be Jesus-like, well, maybe I need to ask you, how many of you want to be Jesus-like, huh? Okay. Every one of us. We, 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 we want to be like Christ. If you want to be Christ-like, people ask me, how do I start? You start very simple. Do what Jesus did. And Jesus valued people. And he valued everyone. Now, that gets a little disgusting. 
When we use everyone, all of a sudden we say, well, I, I mean, don't you mean someone? Or, or, or mine, people? But he, he valued, Jesus valued everyone. He, he valued people that most people didn't value. He valued people that even religious people didn't understand and would kind of question, why are you eating with them? Why are you spending your time with them? But, but, but Jesus valued everyone. And I think there are so many, there are so many gospel illustrations to this, but I, I think I want to call your attention to Matthew chapter 25. And, and again, this, this just works so well with churches that have a serve day because, I mean, Matthew 25 is what it's all about. Here's what, here's what Jesus is saying. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. Then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? Now, I don't want you to miss this. Jesus is just giving them a huge compliment, basically saying, you visited me in prison, you, you, you clothed me, you, my, you, you fed me. And, I, and, and he was kind of doing a, I want to I thank you for this. And, and when he finishes with the thank you, they're looking around and saying, we don't understand. What, what, what are you talking about? When, when did we ever see you hungry? And feed you thirsty and give you a drink. And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will say, I'm telling you the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. That was me. You did it to me. Don't miss this. Jesus values people so much that when you add value to people, Jesus takes it personally. Don't miss it. He takes it personally. I run into people all the time that say, well, I would just like to get close to God. Oh, that's very simple. Go close someone. You just clothed him. Well, I want, I just, I would just, uh, I would just like to, I would just like to hug Jesus. We'll just go hug someone in Jesus' name. You just, you see, he values, he values people so much that when we add value to them, he takes it personally. He said, I want you to know you did this to me. So don't, don't miss this. When you want to connect with Jesus, value people. And when you want to connect with people, value people. It's the connecting link. And people can tell when you value them. And to be honest with you, you can tell also, can't you, when you're not valued. So salt and light means I value people. That's the first step. That's the connecting link. The second part of salt and light is that I add value to people. It's one thing to greatly just value and appreciate people, but it's another thing to say, now, what am I going to do that adds value to them? And just as you put connecting by step one, when you add value to people, put the word influencing. 
You begin to influence people when you add value to them. Think about it just for a moment. Just think about it for a moment. Think about the people that add value to you. I happen to be speaking here at Highlands and Church in, in Birmingham with my good friend Chris Hodges. And, and I can tell you that I haven't seen Chris for a while. And when I walked into the green room and there was Chris, I, I not only hugged him, I, I kissed him. I, uh, on the cheek, on the cheek. But I just, I gave him a kiss and, and I said, oh Chris, it's so, it's, it's, it's so good to see you. And one of the reasons my heart just leaped to see Chris is because he has continually added value to my life. And when a person adds value to you, it gives them a proper influence within your life. And that's what Jesus said. He said, if, if you start adding value to people, you'll start shining light in, in dark areas. And, and you'll start beginning to provide salt and, and making things a lot better. And so I began to ask myself, how do I do that? And I came to the conclusion that I could do something every day to add value to people I'm going to give you right now in one minute, so write fast, and you're capable, five things that I do every day. Five things I do every day to add value to people. Number one, I value people. It starts there. We've already talked about that. Number two, I think of ways to add value to people. Before I'm ever with them, before I ever taught this lesson with you today, I ask myself, how can I, what can I do? What can I say? I thought ahead of time, how can I add value to, to you? Thirdly, I look for ways to add value to people. When I'm with you, I'm still looking for things that I can do. And by the way, we see what we are prepared to see. So the reason that I can find ways to add value to people when I look for them is because I'm always looking for them. That's why one person can see all kinds of ways to add value to people and another person doesn't see it at all. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. So every day I, I value people. I think of ways to add value to people. I look for ways to add value to people. And then when I'm with them, number four, I do things that add value to people. I do things that just add value to them. Action. You know, in the word traction, we like to talk about, let's get some traction, let's move forward. Right in the word traction is the word action. You can't have traction without action. And so I, I do things that add value to people. I, you know, it's, it's one thing to have good intentions, but that's overrated. It's way overrated. Good intentions has never changed a life. I mean, how many times have we had a good intention, but we didn't act on it. It, it doesn't, I mean, I, I, I don't receive good news by your good intentions. I receive good news by your good actions. And then finally, every day I encourage others to add value to people. What I love about this Change Your World message, which I have the privilege of delivering to you, to literally tens, hundreds of thousands of people, what I love about this message is that truly, it encourages others. Once we see a, one person, it encourages us to get into the adding value part of our life. You, okay, here's what Paul understood. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul understood to add value to people was to serve them. So he said, Every, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily 
become a servant to any and to all in order to reach a wide range of people. And he's trying to reach everybody, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralist, loose-living immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized. He finally, he runs out of, he just finally says, whoever. Just whoever. He said, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view, and I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead people to this God-saved life. In other words, Paul said, I'm just going to serve, and I'm just going to add value to people as much as I can. Do not miss what I'm about to say, because this is huge. My perspective towards you determines my attitude towards you. Okay, hang with me. You see, how we view things is how we do things. Perspective is everything. Now, don't miss this. So if I see you as weak, I'll help you. If I see you as broken, I'll fix you. But if I see you as valuable, I'll serve you. You see, in the first two scenarios, I'm still on top. I got you out of the ditch. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm still a little bit like Johnny Maxwell, the Messiah, okay? I, I, I pulled you out. Oh, my gosh, thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. I am so glad. You see, even when I'm helping you, I'm, I'm still, but see, when I look at you as, you, as you as valuable, when I see you as a person of value, I serve you. Do you see what I've purposely done now? I've now put myself beneath. The attitude and the posture that truly changes lives. Okay, let's go, to, let's go to number three. This is good. Oh, this is really good. If you want to be salt and light, number three, live good values. It, it's one thing to value people. It's one thing to add value to people. But it's an entirely different thing to, when I began to live those good values myself. And by the way, beside live good values, put the word attracting. This is what makes us attractive to people when they see us living out these incredible values. I'm taking you now to Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. And then Paul begins to give us divine love in what he calls in these varied expressions. Now, you, let, let, we're talking about being attractive here. Look what he says. We have a joy that overflows. Don't you love to be around people that are overflowing with joy? It means being around people that are overflowing with sadness. <laughs> and, and, and he says, we get a peace that subdues. And we have a patience in our life that endures. And we have a kindness in action. A faith that prevails, a gentleness of heart, and a strength of spirit. Now, he's talking about all these attractive qualities that we have to change our world. But then he says at the end, never let the law, never set the law above these qualities. Notice he says these qualities, these values are way, way, way above the law. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Okay, you're doing so good. I've got one more. By the way, just let me ask you a question before I give you number four. Can you do the first three? Yes? yes. Let me ask you a question. Can you do the first three? Yes. Let me ask you a question. 
Can you do the first three? Yes. That's sufficient. Number four, share good values. Now, this is all about transforming. This is where transformation takes place. And by the way, did you notice that there was one common word that I continually used in becoming salt and light? Value people. Add value to people. Live good values. Share good values. Huge. Don't miss it. You see, I understood. I understood the importance of values because in 2001, in corporate America, there was a just massive distrust and, and, and the corporate world was just not doing the right thing and, and people were getting hurt and all I've got to do is say one word, Enron. And we understand immediately and, and Time Warner, my publisher at that time, called me in New York City and said, we want you to, do a, we want you to, to write a book on, on business ethics. And I said, I can't. And they said, why? I said, because there's no such thing as business ethics. I said, there's just ethics. You either have them or you don't. And if you have ethics, they work in business. Oh, happy day. That was life-changing for me because I wrote a book, Ethics 101, based on the golden rule. Because the golden rule is a beautiful value. And it's a value that's taught in every culture, every, every religion. And, and, and it's, you know, treat others as you want to be treated. And that was life-changing for me because it was at that moment that I began to understand that salt and light and transformation begins with good values. And one of the things that is so important about good values is that they create within us stability. They create stability within us. You see, Good values make us bigger on the inside than on the outside. They, they begin to anchor our lives. And transformation begins on the inside. And what I have discovered, and this is so important, is that if you have good values on the inside, you need less validation on the outside. But if I lack good values within me, I seek validation outside of me. We have had the privilege of doing Change Your World in several countries with several million people. And what we have discovered is very simple. If you get a few people around a small table, we call them transformation tables. If you get a few people around a table and you begin to talk about values and begin to flesh them out, people begin to have their life changed. We found in schools where the Secretary of Education of Guatemala came to me after values were being taught in every public school in Guatemala, and she said, our teachers say within three weeks we see a change in the children's behavior after they've studied good values. And we all know that we have a values deficit. And when you begin to talk about values around a table, and you begin to share them, things begin to happen, and lives begin to be absolutely changed. I was in one of those schools recently, and I, I was just going through the school, and, and, and they took me into the third grade class. 
And I sat on a little stool, and they were doing a little Q&A, the third graders, and, and a, a third grader named Ethan stood up. And he said, Mr. Maxwell, he said, let me ask you a question. He put his hand on his heart. He said, Mr. Maxwell, do you ever feel deep down, right here, Mr. Maxwell, do you ever feel right deep down here that you want to make a difference in people's lives? He's a third grader. I called Ethan up. He came and sat on my lap. I gave him a big hug. I said, you're going to do great things for God. You see, Ethan and every one of us have, we are created to be our brother's keeper. We're created to make a difference. We're created to be salt and light. And every one of us, we have deep down in our heart a desire to really make a difference in people's lives. Let me close with Romans chapter 15, verse 1. I love this verse. It says, strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, I love this, asking ourselves, how can I help? Wow. How can I help? In a moment, I'm going to pray. But again, I want to encourage you. There are ways that you can receive that help. There's ways that we can come alongside of you and make a difference. You can go to, again, serveday.com. You can go to changeyourworld.com. We have practical ways to help you to be salt and light. Now let's pray. Father, I thank you so much because the message is so clear, but it's also motivating to us. It, it's clear that we're to be salt and light, but it's motivating because Jesus said we are salt and we are light. We do have the ability, do, we do have the opportunity to make a difference in other people's lives, to change the world in which we live. And so I'm asking, I'm asking right now that you would answer this prayer. It's, it's not my prayer, it's your prayer that we would truly take action, not only know what to do, but we would do it, and that we truly, beginning now, serve, give, share, love, reach, help, lift. Do all of those things that help add to the kingdom of God. And as we do these things, as we change our world Father, change us. Because when we give and serve, we receive more every time than what we gave. And we have learned from your teaching that, that what we lose, we keep. And that in your leadership dynamic, it's a beautiful thing when, when we begin to lose ourselves in the lives of others only to, at that point, find ourselves. So help us, help me, help us to change our world. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all of God's people said, amen. God bless you. How many of you enjoyed that this morning? Isn't that good? I'm so thankful to be a part of a group of churches 
that put things that matter in front of us. That, uh, you know, sometimes when you're leading a church, you're part of a, a community like Echo, it can feel like, hey, this is, this is our people. But we're, we're a part of something way bigger than just us. And uh, what a great reminder to, to be people that are making a difference in our, in our, in our world, our small world. I remember I, I sat at chapel um, downtown Minneapolis uh, for a few years and, and we'd go to chapel every day. And every day I would sit for, for a huge portion of my, of my experience, I would sit in chapel and I would experience the love of God. I would experience, I felt like the tangible presence of God and, and hearing, the, hearing values and hearing a message and feeling like I'm just experiencing something d- deeper. It was almost like there was a fullness that was within me. And I remember almost every, every chapel, I, I would sit there and I'd go, but God, how do I get it out there? Remember, there was a skyway that was attached to the balcony. It was kind of similar to the windows that we have here in the castle. And remember, I would sit there and I would look out those windows and I would stare and I would see people crossing. I'd see uh, the, the crossing the road. I would see downtown Minneapolis. And, and, but there was always just this barrier of, like, barrier of going, but God, I know what I feel, but I know what the world also feels like. How can I get what I have in here out there? And I'm thankful for someone like John Maxwell to just give us the deeds. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like that he, would, that he would put enough focus and energy in seeking the Lord to go, but really, how can we make a difference out there? And I think one of those points that he had mentioned is in order for us to make a difference, to add value to people outside, we have to first feel valued. And I think that's the power of Echo Church is that every week we come to the table of God and say, God, you know what? We thank you that you put a value on us. And that God, you want us to experience you weekly and daily and in a different way. And so as we do every week, I wanna remind you that, that you are loved you are valued and that Jesus is the key. And he is calling your name and saying, I value you. You are sons and you are daughters. And I don't know how you came into this space today. I don't know if if you, like me, like at times, we kind of look out the window of, of my life and go like, am I really making a difference? How do I make a difference? How can I do something that matters? And I want to return this one idea. I can make a difference in the world around me because God is making a difference, is making a difference in my life. And every week we pray this prayer and it's a reminder to me that I can't do this alone. That every week I want to come to this table and remember that God wants to make a difference in me. So I'm gonna ask Chris, would you mind putting the the words on the screen? And as we do every week in church, can we stand up uh, that we would pray this together? And I wanna invite those that haven't prayed a prayer like this in a long while or ever, that they would, that you would step into that relationship, that you put Jesus at the center. You remember that the table that we come to, Jesus is at the head.
what's phenomenal, and John did a really good job in doing this, John Maxwell, is Jesus came to serve. And as we sit at the table, we position ourselves to be servants as well. Let's pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me. In Jesus' name and his authority, amen. And Jesus, today, I uh, got moved because you died for me. You served me. And God, beyond John Maxwell's words, beyond anything I can say or anything that Dexter has said, God, I just ask that your spirit would come into this place and that you would just serve up some love. You'd serve up some joy. You would serve us your fullness, God, that just fills us with the in, from the inside out. God, that you would posture us to receive so that we would be excited to leave this place to serve the world around us. That, God, we would feel valued because you have valued us. And so, God, beyond words, we just seek your presence. We seek your face. And we ask just for the next few moments, God, that you would do an inner working within us. In Jesus' name. And if you agree, would you say amen?
rushing river. Like a rushing river, let mercy flow. today to pursue Jesus a little more. I just feel compelled. And I just keep thinking about what it takes to serve Jesus. And when I, it, Pastor Andy and Pastor Christy talk about this a lot. It's this open-handed living. It's living a life that says, I'm not going to cling tight to my time or my money or the things that are important to me. Instead, I'm going to lay those down for Jesus. I'm going to lay those down to make a difference in people's lives. And every time we we come together as a community, I just want to say thanks. Thanks for being willing to serve. Thanks for being willing to give. Thanks for being willing to let go just a little bit when the rest of the world around us is telling us to hold on so, so tight. Now at Echo, we like to celebrate a couple people. So let's celebrate some people that were maybe new this week for the first time. Yeah. Now we also like to celebrate maybe those who said the prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time. Come on. You guys, we love you. Thank you so much for being here at church this week, and we can't wait to see you soon.